Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Jean Till, and on today's show, we're visiting with Jason Kurth, the Chancellor for the Diocese of Des Moines, about the first of the implementation strategies for the strategic visioning that we discussed last week with Maria Matamoros and Dan Kinsella. Bishop. Good morning, Jean. And uh, here we are pressing into July, people trying to take a little holidays and things, Mm -hmm. but also uh, laboring hard. And we're conscious of those who make their living by the sweat of the brow. We pray for their safety, including maybe some of those detasseling seed corn, as some of us (laughs) said, that rite of passage in Iowa. Oh, I detassel too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, speaking of rites of passage, it was so good to be out in the the southwest part of the diocese uh, with Father Sylvester Oko. He's been there at uh, St. Clair Clarinda, Sacred Heart Bedford, and St. Joseph Aliska. We formally installed him as pastor last weekend over the holiday weekend. And so the people there had extra reason to celebrate. But I think uh, that the bond between him and his people uh, deepening there. Also, his great gift for ministry to the people at the correctional facility. That's something now Mm. after COVID, Mm -hmm. again, finally opening up and the the privilege of being with those who maybe have found themselves uh, in a place they didn't want to be, but uh, Christ finds them and seeks them out through the ministry of priests like Father Sylvester and deacons Dennis Wright and Mitchellville, Father's uh, Mark McGarry, others who have been part of that uh, mm-hmm. long legacy of service that we're about. Uh, we continue on uh, this past week. Uh, also, we think about the seeds of vocations to do various uh, ways in the diverse parts of the body of the Christ. But those who are considering that path to priesthood and pressing on a new threshold for them have crossed. Uh, Connor Lynch, who will be heading off to the North American College, a mm-hmm. member of St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in, in Indianola, Indianola, a place yes. near and dear to you. Yes. We celebrated the rite of candidacy at the Wednesday Cathedral Mass that I attend to celebrate just a few days ago. And then this Sunday uh, at St. Peter Parish in uh, east side of Des Moines, uh, Dominic Nguyen, who will be going on to St. Paul's Seminary. I think he's long had his sights, his heart set on that, and he'll realize that after a year involvement in, in the Net Ministries kind of evangelization oh, program wonderful. of parishes mm-hmm. in Indiana and other places. And I think it's just really helps him all the more to fall in love with Christ and to, to desire that others would have that same grace. So The path uh, is not the same for everyone. So this mechanical yeah. engineer, again, which we always kind of joke that that's pre, pre-theology pre <laughs> for some, but yeah. having completed his time at Loris College. And then Luke Mohan, uh, finishing the pre-theology program at the St. Paul Seminary. And so a little diversity for him and for the diocese in that he'll be going to St. Joseph Seminary in Dunwoody, New York. They're just oh. kind of beyond Yonkers. It's a kind of a new place for our diocese. But I'm very impressed with Bishop uh, James Massa, the rector there, a Brooklyn priest and uh, in the province of New York. But I think, you know, that diversity within the formation of our presbyterate, some say it's good to have them all at one place. But I I think there's a value there. And I Mm -hmm. just know that Bishop Massa are doing marvelous things. Uh, Many religious orders are there. So that's the one caveat we have for Luke is you can't leave the Diocese of Des Moines (laughs) and join a a religious (laughs) order. I don't care what the Holy Spirit may be doing. No, we have to be humble and docile before it. But that's uh, one of the things that we're going to be about in that. So uh, and then uh, biking for babies. uh, that the group that yeah. I'm part of is supporting mm-hmm. uh, pregnancy resource centers, such as Intervisions, the local ride we had um, back in Intervisions, and uh, uh, Martha's House of Hope, and Anawim uh, Community, uh, Agape, excuse Agape. me. Mm-hmm. I, I switched my A's there. Uh, and I'm going to try and saddle up and ride with them on Thursday. So here How we go. How long of a road ride Yeah, is that? I think this is about 80 miles, but okay. I'll get back to you on that. Okay. So, yeah, you know, you know I, I don't get warmed up until I've got 20 under my belt. So well, we'll see how you're walking the yeah, next day. Okay, we'll know. Yeah. So... <laughs> This is, won't quite be as many people as Ragbri. This 
maybe be a crew of about eight to 10. So, <laughs> and our support staff for that too. So, and we think about our, our men and women in uniform in the month of July and other times, uh, you know, the freedoms that we enjoy. Thankfully, the Franciscan, uh, so I've been allowed to come back to Walter Reed Medical Center. Yes. We know there was a little speed bump there in terms of that relationship and the contracts. Archbishop Brolio, uh, who's the leader, the president of the USCCB, uh, and uh, Archbishop of the Military Archdiocese. Thankfully, Major General Thomas Solhern, the Army Chief of Chaplains, was able to, again, gain access. So the whole spiritual needs of, of those who are there, and obviously those who are on the front lines, are very intense. So we're glad that they're being well served. Well, when we come back, we'll be visiting with Jason Kurt, the Chancellor for the Diocese of Des Moines, and about the first of the implementation strategies for strategic visioning, the restructuring of the Pastoral Center. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Does your financial portfolio benefit from abortion, contraception, human cloning, or embryonic stem cell research? Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors offers investment products that are Catholic screened and designed for faith-based investors. Contact an advisor at 844-493-4010 or visit kfcassetadvisors.org to learn more about how you can seek to align your faith and finances. Knights of Columbus Asset Advisors is an SCC registered investment advisor. Investment products are not guaranteed and may lose value. Thank you, Advisor Gregory Waddle, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Iowa Catholic Radio welcomes the 42nd annual Chesterton Conference, July 27th through the 29th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Dale Alquist, Bishop Robert Barron, Christopher Check, and an all-star lineup of speakers celebrate the 100th anniversary of Chesterton's book on St. Francis of Assisi. Three days of intellectual stimulation, spiritual edification, fellowship, and fun. Learn more about the conference and register at Chesterton.org. Chesterton.org. A message from the Society of G.K. Chesterton and Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. And on today's show, we're visiting with Jason Kurth, Chancellor for the Diocese of Des Moines, about the first of the implementation strategies, the first to be implemented, and that is on the restructuring of the Pastoral Center at the Diocese Awesome. Bishop? So glad to have Jason Kurth, someone with whom I work day in, day out, and uh, just kind of, I don't think I take you for granted, Jason, but uh, you're just there, a man behind the scenes, but so many different aspects, uh, the the not always smooth-oiled machine of the Diocese of Des Moines, <laughs> but how you kind of continue to do this. Without any proper emblems of office as a chancellor, you have no mace or any chain no. or anything, no. you know, we need to do something about oh, this. Oh, no, that's know? okay. I, I prefer to be behind the scenes. No emblems are necessary. And I can remember my first day of showing up, even though obviously Central Iowa was not a foreign place to me, but showing up now on my as bishop elect, trying to figure out which door of the cathedral <laughs> rectory yes. I was oh, supposed yes. to go in to meet with Bishop Bates and have dinner with him. And you know, I wasn't dressed in clerics, and you just kind of wander up. You kind of kind of sense this is sense. this is the guy. You know, I had a sense. He looks, telling me where to go. He looks and, lost. <laughs> it must be the new bishop. <laughs> and uh, and how many more times has that been re- repeated in different ways, <laughs> Bishop? Uh, you need to. Kind I didn't think about That's this. Sort of my <laughs> role, I think, is to help. Yeah, guide the way a little bit. Overseeing yeah. the staff, but uh, not a man who's just simply a bureaucrat. Your own journey, uh, considering different walks of life, uh, yeah. you know, uh, and the, you know, that's something we have in common. We love to play football at a yeah. certain time, and so yeah. not at Dowling Catholic High School, but at Valley High School. Yeah, so. yeah. Born and raised in this area, and we area. still love him. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I went to Valley, class of '98, and uh, but the family is obviously maroons through and through now. But I can definitely appreciate the public schools because I, I'm a product of the public school system. So yeah, kids now go to St. Pius and uh, very much invested in the 
community there and St. Francis, our home parish. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point we're considering the path to priesthood actually in seminary, Kenrick Seminary in St. Louis. I've talked about that often on these airwaves over the years and, and, uh, it was a, a graced period of time. It was, it was a, a, a period of my life where I really grew up. I always said in that moment that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to walk out of this experience uh, to be a better man and, and, and father, whether that's a, a spiritual father or a, a biological father. I always felt like this was the time for me to really uh, mature into the man that God wanted me to be. And uh, hopefully he, you know, was able to work through me a little bit through those years. So it's yeah. been 20 plus years now though, Bishop. That's what? <laughs> yeah. Since I entered seminary in 2002, it's only going to pick up faster. Let me tell you, I, I mean, it is, but, uh, and you know, no stranger, uh, co-hosting with my predecessor, Bishop Pates on his yep, uh, years ago. Show. So you, you kind of know that's one thing I love about the church is always o- different opportunities. There's also, there's always different things to do and a variety of the ministry. Did you sure. envision, you know, having a role in the institutional church when you withdrew from seminary and obviously Lindsay, no, you met and no, you know, I, tr- I, I, I tried to trust that God knew where I would land, but I had no idea. I first taught at Dowling, uh, for a few years. And when Bishop, uh, had, you know, asked me to a breakfast, uh, shortly after getting married, I thought it was to serve on another commission or committee for youth and young adults, which I was on one, something like that. Uh, I had no idea there was a position like chancellor or, uh, vice chancellor, which was my initial title. I, I just, it, it just wasn't even on my, on my radar, but it's been a, it's been a, a quite the ride over the last 14 years <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. Amen. So, so, you know, on the second Bishop and obviously different styles, different personalities, and then throw a pandemic into the mix yeah. too. And we're all trying to figure it out. But as this has emerged, this, this sense that God was calling us to have new eyes to see and ears to hear uh, what God, God was asking of us, the whole strategic visioning with uh, Dan Ebner that Maria Matamoros referred to last week and the different uh, pieces that have unfolded in all of this. But I think things have begun to crystallize a little bit in the visioning. But for yourself, you know, that you weren't just a process manager or any way, that this was also an exercise of your own faith. Can you reflect on that, Jason? Yeah. I mean, I found that I've grown the most individually, professionally through the periods of, 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 of work, projects, and, and engagements that were the most challenging, that were the newest uh, one example would be the the remodeling of the pastoral center. Had never been involved in anything like that, and that was that was uh, at times it felt like we were walking in the dark. Um, but you know that y- y- you trust in the process and the people that you partner with. Uh, and in that case, it was the construction people and the architects. And in the case of the strategic visioning, it was Dan Ebner. It was uh, other other uh, folks who um, throughout the diocese who formed the steering committee. Uh, for that process, and you just you just turn it over. You just turn it over to the spirit, and you listen, and you um, you you, tr- you try to mutually discern what is the spirit calling us to do at this at this juncture. And and I mean, I find that that's 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 the case in 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 life, just my personal life, just being willing to trust, to be willing to go deeper, and to be vulnerable, and to. And to respond the best that you can, and 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 that's that's certainly the way I try to approach fatherhood, the way I try to approach marriage. I mean, it's all new; it's all new ground. <laughs> you know, every every stage is new, and you just you just do the best you can. You surround yourself with good people, you pray, 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 and you just 
you let the spirit work. And so that's, that's what we hope we've, we've started here. And obviously it's a process and a lot of people need to be involved even going forward. But, um, you know, we, we just continue to trust. So, yeah. And, and a beautiful thing. Cause you're not a construction engineer and no, uh, no. Uh, and then, and, and yet a man with great attention to detail, but also able to see big picture things and pick up those interpersonal dynamics that, uh, can can flow well, but also sometimes you know human personalities yeah. uh, bump up against each other, and so yeah. sparks fly on occasion. Yeah, too. you just so. m- make it until you fake it until you make it, right? You just keep <laughs> trying. You keep yeah. So all these gifts that you know you and Bishop Pates have recognized that you know these are things that are are tested through fire, tested through the experience, and you and you and you grow skills that you didn't even know you had. And so yeah, I mean I've learned over the years that. One of my gifts is is maybe in, intuition with personalities and people, but also some of the process pieces. And so I, I'm, you know, I'm one of a team, right? And I, I bring certain skills. We have other team members that bring other skills, and together we we can do really great things. And so, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I, I I just consider myself very blessed to be able to to lend my my gifts and talents and energies to to building up the church. So that's, it's, it's, it's great. Amen. And you know, I, I don't want to, and I know your, your allegiances on the secular level lie with the uh, team to the East from Iowa city, but uh, you know, as Matt Campbell, Iowa state football well, coach said, concludes today's show, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, love the process and everything. But uh, it strikes me that when Pope Francis speaks of synodality, this kind of a, a, a attentive accompaniment that we have of others and that the spirit emerges in that in the, in the course of the dialogue and the exchange, uh, I think this strategic visioning is very much a process, you know, uh, uh, participating in this kind of synodal uh, way of being church with each other. And I think, you know, your your role in that sometimes to be the point person, but then also to call others forward and to, to help me to discern and to then go there and to, when is it time to lean in and to use authority in a way that is for the sake of the whole, not to just kind of arrogate power to oneself. And so, you know, you have, you know, great... Uh, keen mind and uh, things, but I think you know, your, your read on people is a great asset. So strategic visioning, the diocesan pastoral council, but your, your role too, and it's not just a, a bureaucracy where people are punching the clock, uh, the, the workings of the pastoral center, and that is one of the things that we, we looked at and uh, said, is there a different way of envisioning this? And Jason, could you speak to that? Sure. I mean, so we have really great people that work in the in, in the Dallas offices downtown, and 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 we saw we've seen that for years, and we saw that, you know, through the pandemic, the way that the people rose um, rose up and supported our parishes in so many different ways, uh, and really you know helped guide the local church through a very difficult time. Uh, but we can always go deeper in our ability to serve. Really, at at the heart of what this. Uh, realignment or restructuring of the pastoral center is it's it's really about greater service to the to our parishes you know what what do the parishes need from our diocesan staff at this moment in time so yes listening the whole process of the strategic visioning was about listening to the people to parish leadership to uh, pastors and deacons and lay uh, staff members and parishes and youth ministers and other ministers throughout the diocese and just the normal Catholic experience. So we listened and then we determined, okay, how do we, how do we realign all of our offices in ways that can greater support each other so that we're teams and not silos on mission? 
so that we can be more, so that we can offer more to our parishes. So creating teams around ministries, creating teams around operations, finance, administration, those are the ways in which we want to structure our offices so that we can provide greater service to the parishes. That's really the heart of all that we're about downtown. Indeed. And, uh, you know, so we looked, you know, both within, but we also looked without. Obviously, Father James Mallon and the Divine Renovation gave some kind of inspiration for us, but also some some practical things. And again, that vulnerability that we know not everything is going to fly, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, that we envision. But also uh, Mary Santi of the Archdiocese of, of Seattle was a, a great aid to us. Yeah, absolutely. So Mary is, you know, 30, some, I think 25 or 30 years in diocesan leadership, known nationally as a leader in HR and canon law. Uh, she just brought a wealth of experience. Again, I mentioned this before, I'd never been a part of restructuring. So this was an area of stretching for me, of something that's new. Mary had been a part of three or four different restructurings of her archdiocese. And so she brought just that sounding board, that person that could observe from a distance. So to give an example, you know, what does this mean? She looked at our structure. She says, man, you have a lot of vicars. You have a lot of vicars <laughs> for your diocese, you know, so maybe give some thought to how you, how you use your vicars. And so we, 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 we did, we, we took a look at each vicar role and, and also maybe areas where we didn't have vicars, but we had directors and where could we use a vicar role to be representative of the bishop in a given area that can proceed with his ordinary authority to assist him in the exercise of the ministry uh, of leadership. And so that would be one, one area in which she, she provided some counsel. Okay. So for those of us that don't know all the terminology, what (laughs) really does a vicar do? What does a vicar do? (laughs) It depends which vicar we're talking about, (laughs) but a particular area of of ministry. And as Jason said, you know, to act in the person and uh, with the, uh, as a kind of not a surrogate, but uh, an extension of my ministry and authority. And so the Vicar for Divine Worship, uh, Father Trevor Shequin, uh, can speak to all matters involving the sacraments and the liturgy, how the church's guidelines for that are to be implemented on a pastoral level, uh, the, the permissions that are to be given at times that uh, the pr- parish priests can't always just automatically do things uh, at their own uh, initiative, but uh, hopefully acting in concert with what we're about. So other vicars, the, the vicar general will be the person who has the kind of p- fullness of all those potentials and powers to, to act, you know, in my name in, in any area of ministry. Sometimes that's uh, providing some guardrails for certain things. Other times, hopefully it's always unlocking and empowering people in this in this way. The judicial vicar, you know, the things involving the marriage tribunal, the various uh, practices applying the law, hopefully again toward the, the good of people and the good of the whole. So Father Christopher Pichute, pastor of St. Augustine's, is the judicial vicar. But uh, yeah, so we, we emerge with fewer vicars, right? It's not to make an ever more top-down hierarchical, but to, to make this more organic and integrated. Is that right. fair to say? And I th- Yes, and I think that part of this you know, we listened to the people and to what our parish leadership, but we also listened to, to our bishop. And Bishop Johnson, you, you made really clear part of your desire out of all this was to have more of an opportunity to engage with the people coming out of the pandemic, wanting to be more present to the people, to the parishes, wanting to be able to listen to confessions, right, to celebrate that mm-hmm. important sacrament. And so how do we 
help you realize the full totality, totality of your office, which isn't just administrative, right? And so to, to find ways that we can exercise leadership to, to, to share authority, like in the vicar roles, then that frees you up to be able to do more of what you, of what you see as the whole scope of the exercise of your, your leadership. So that was part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jason. And you know, that gospel in Matthew of a, several Sundays ago, Jesus's heart being moved at the sight of the people that any shepherd worth his, worthy of the name uh, is going to have that ability to go out and to be sent forth and to draw into communion. And I think I'm feeling ever more uh, liberated, if you will. You know, I think there's always going to be a key administrative part of that. But if I could, you know, think about you know, service of the clergy, matters revolving clergy, involving roughly a third of my time, uh, the administrative task and thing being another third. But then the other third is simply the pastoral ministry at that larger level, whether it's at the parishes or, or other kind of larger events that, uh, that we take part in, you know, working with our young, youth, young adults, uh, other aspects of that. Absolutely. So. And so an, another, another example of the change that we'll be implementing over some time is to have, you mentioned the priests and, and, their, and the needs of our priests. And so we have a vicar general that assists overall with strate- strategy and some of the big picture items, but then we'll be having a vicar for priests. And so this will be a priest that's you know part-time in that role, but still attentive to the day-to-day needs of our priests. And so this would be an example, again, that shared authority uh, and, and leadership that, that others can, can assist. That, yeah, he'll, it would be obviously be a certain level of accountability, but that priests could feel that they could approach on a more personal level, confide in who will be Father Michael Amadeo, yep. Pastor Arlie's Immaculate Heart, who I think has a real charism in this area, Absolutely. that the priests uh, of all stripes were warm to him. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarahs strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsara.org, join org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Iowa Catholic Radio welcomes the 42nd Annual Chesterton Conference, July 27th through the 29th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Dale Alquist, Bishop Robert Barron, Christopher Check, and an all-star lineup of speakers celebrate the 100th anniversary of Chesterton's book on St. Francis of Assisi. Three days of intellectual stimulation, spiritual edification, fellowship, and fun. Learn more about the conference and register at chesterton.org. Chesterton.org. A message from the Society of G.K. Chesterton and Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. If you'd like to learn more about this strategic visioning process and all of the commissions and implementation strategies, go online to dmdiocese.org. Click on About Us and Strategic Visioning. Bishop? And uh, just, you know, you're looking a little sunburned, Jason, you know, coming back, you know, a little time <laughs> refreshment time, you know, even a chancellor needs to break away for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's right? our <laughs> annual getaway to Clear Lake. That's our, that's our spot for a week around the 4th, just before, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Does, do you and Lindsay get to the surf ballroom at all or not? Uh, <laughs> over the years, we've been there a few times. Yeah. We spend more time at the lake on the beach than we do inside. Sounds sure. good. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, uh, back to the salt mine here. No, <laughs> no, at the, uh, the culture of the, the, the pastoral center. Uh, 
some other initiatives and looking again, and it wasn't that we were expanding this malignant bureaucracy, but where are people, you know, where are they fit into roles that uh, can really realize their gifts and, and serve the needs of the diocese? So obviously in our exploding digital culture, you know, where is the gospel meeting people? And so that was one of the inspirations yeah. for a position. Yeah, this is definitely something we heard over and over again with within our, our, our visioning process was that we need to be more present in our communication of the of the gospel, our ability to be in the the digital Areopagus, right? That that the the space within our our time where ideas and views are expressed. Not that we're not there, but we need to be more attentive to that space. And so, having a position that's full that's that's focused on digital evangelization is one of the new uh, initiatives that has come out of this process for sure. So this isn't a farmer's market sowing seeds and uh, bearing the fruits that are, are brought to for people, but a place where people kind of gather and mingle and, you know, right. different conversations unfold there, but uh, here irrigated by our faith in the Holy Spirit, we hope. And right. so that a person who is very savvy and how to do that, not all just generating new content, but bringing together, you know, in the Catholic uh, blogosphere and the pod world and, and all that's going on there. Right. Yeah. So one of the areas that we, we heard from other diocesan leaders is a diocese can be, uh, can best serve their churches and by being a curator of resources. So, so gathering the resources to help share out with parishes. And so we're engaging a, a, a process in which we will be working with parishes to, um, to have a social media platform through Twitter and, and Facebook and, you know, the different platforms where we can provide content, there can be some general content, and then parishes will have their own content. And so, uh, uh, yeah, so it's very focused on having that presence, those messages of faith, uh, knowledge of faith, and, the, and so forth, to be able to share with, with our people. And, you know, we won't get too much in the weeds for people that, uh, you know, about the structure, but bringing together things that the human resources and, again, the ongoing accountability for protection of children. Eileen Valdez assuming that role. We're so grateful to Sister Jude Fitzpatrick, who will continue to look to her as a, a gray eminence in her own right, informing me as a special consultant. But uh, uh, one of the things that, obviously, Bishop Barron and others will speak about, you know, who, where are people maybe opened up to the gospel? It's, you know, what are our initiatives for justice? And it's somebody that we might want to have on the show in the future, but a social justice position that with our collaborating with Catholic Charities. Right. So John Wynn, many of you know, has been, uh, has been working with um, Faith Journey and the Catechetical Institute over several years. Uh, he's now pivoting into a new role within the diocesan family, and so he's going to be the director of uh, social justice, uh, a shared position. He'll be on the evangelization and mission team for the diocese, so very much a part of the conversation for those uh, leaders within the, the church that are focused on evangelizing and, and sharing the truths of our faith, but also on on formation. But he's also going to be a, a shared with Catholic Charities, and so to help with their stakeholders and their staff and their boards and so forth to be able to um, to be able to serve in that role. So you know, evolving, and now with his credential of a doctorate in ministry, I think he'll be able to bring all sorts of levels. Jason, I again, from that first encounter that we had, I continue to, to be grateful to God that one of the gifts, Bishop Pates now acting as administrator of the Archdiocese of Dubu, but his choice and discernment of you and the role as chancellor. And so uh, continue to look forward to collaborating with you. As do I, Bishop. Thank you. 
Well, this has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you to Jason and to all of our listeners in Iowa and Nebraska, Wisconsin, or wherever you may be listening to Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Making It Personal is provided by Sarah Vocations Ministry. Learn more at joinserra.org.